0: Now, I don't know if you know this, but this is in my top Edgar Allan Poe stories. Not necessarily just because like, I read it and I was like, wow, but sometimes you read something and you keep coming back to it, or maybe it even acts as like a skeleton key for a lot of the author's other works. Today, we're talking William Wilson by Edgar Allan Poe, which I'm going to make an argument is, is an important read if you're trying to get into Poe.
1: Now, are you William and I'm Wilson? Or are you, Wilson, and I'm William? I'm the
0: whisper in the wind. <laughs> so this is a great introduction to Gothic literature in terms of setting, in terms of supernatural. There's a lot to be said. But what ultimately starts out is this, this promise to tell us a tale. Like the, the narrator, the unnamed narrator that you can't totally rely on a traditional Edgar yep. Allan Poe tactic starts out by saying, mm, I committed a crime. Right. Almost kind of like asking us, I don't want to say for forgiveness, but he's telling us to maybe clear something. What are your thoughts on him kind of starting out with this, this madness and just putting it on the table right away? Like, yeah, um, I committed a, a really un- like a heinous crime.
1: So I think that it's important to note, as you said, that the narrator is untrustworthy and then not forgiveness, but and i don't know if we're looking for empathy or apathy maybe almost like hey i did this thing but it re- you shouldn't really care it's fine but i don't know why he wants that why why does he want my sympathy Or why does he want my apathy on it? What is my relationship with this guy? Because he's telling this to me like I'm his friend or he wants to be my friend. Am I his barber? Am I his bartender? Like, what is our relationship? And I I think that's what it draws me to is why am I having this conversation with you, sir?
0: Right, right. It's almost like if you knew you were the last person to hear him before he went to the gallows or if you knew that you were a friend kind of like almost like a cask of a Mont- where he like he was getting away with it. Right. Like that, that would tell us a lot, you know, to your point about the relationship. But all we really know is that, you know, when he's talking about his past, he had a prison like upbringing. His school was draconian. You know, he felt like he had to beat or win over his parents who were sometimes simple minded. Uh, he, he's he got like this distancing, but victimizing feel for the way that he presents his past, right? And when he goes to school, that's what really kicks things off, where, oh my gosh, another person with the exact same name as me, William Wilson, <laughs> born on the same day, enrolled in the school on the exact same day. Like there's there's a lot of peculiarities here where like that doesn't happen too often, and it seems a little strange.
1: Yeah, this is a great example of early literature taking the idea of a split personality or of we have a ghost that is haunting us because throughout the story, it, it kind of leads you to believe that the narrator is the only one that kind of sees the other William Wilson.
0: A term that comes up a lot when I read a lot of critics talking about Edgar Allan Poe is doppelgangers, right? When we have someone that looks like something or really resembles us in some ways, the question that you have to ask is, what does this doppelganger say about me? And what's interesting about this story is it's reversed. It's everything I have to say about the doppelganger. And to your point, is it a real person? Is it? Is it not? Like that's something that we kind of have to explore perhaps with what ultimately is like we're exploring a couple different interactions, right? And, you know, in this first interaction with the, the, with William Wilson, he's like, well, I kind of liked the guy at first, but he's kind of a jerk. So I ended up hating him. Right. So you get this push pull hate relationship with him at first until he decides to get, you know, the lamp out. And he's like, Oh, I'm going to make him feel my, my malevolence. Was it was malevolence malicious. Maybe it was malicious. And he's going to go sneak in at night. And when he holds up the light to his face, it's not the face that he expected to see, right? But but Poe never tells us exactly what he does see, which I think leads us to that interpretation game of what does the doppelganger really mean?
1: The way I kind of interpreted this and in my take was that there's a psyche break, right? And when you think about, you said, we're looking at William Wilson talking about his doppelganger and Poe is so good. And as I read through the story, I kept thinking to myself, what if he's trying to flip this on me at the end and that the doppelganger doesn't realize that he has taken the place of William Wilson and he thinks he's William Wilson, but he's replaced him. And that's why we're seeing it from this weird perspective and that we've been, we've been had because the narrator is not trustworthy.
0: Well, he does say to call us, you know, well, why don't you just call me William Wilson for now? Almost like that might not be his real name,
1: potentially. Or he doesn't know it's Um, his real name, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, here's an interesting thing. I don't know if you've noticed, but the word whisper shows up eight times in the story. And each time we meet our doppelganger, the word whisper comes up. It's very heavily tied to this right the first quote we have here is my rival had a weakness in the factual and guttural organs which precluded him from raising his voice at any time above a very low whisper so what does it mean that this this doppelganger has a low amount of power that he's not able to take into his control what he needs to in the context of kind of what you're talking about with this doppelganger. Is there also opportunity? So you said, you know, maybe he killed a doppelganger and took, you know, their their personality. There's also kind of the uh, fight club interpretation of what if there aren't two William Wilsons? What if this is just one person and it's split personality and he doesn't even realize he's dealing with the demons of that other personality sometimes. And instead of hearing, you know, You know, this is a long, this was written a long time ago, right? Like we don't have the modern psychology that we have today, but the whispers in our head, the voices in our head, you know, is, is William Wilson, a subconscious element of our brain that's trying to reach out to us for some reason.
1: I love the idea that that split personality or that it's the angel and demon and maybe there is no angel. Because when we look at every time the doppelganger arrives, William Wilson is usually doing something a little bit shady, right? Uh, a sin of some sort, gambling, adultery, etc. cetera, is when we see the doppelganger and the whispers start to come about. So is this his conscience? Is this his morals that are creeping up on him? Is he a true psychopath? He doesn't know how to deal with his emotions. And so these are them trying to you know, express themselves, and he doesn't know how. So he's created this fabrication of an alternate person for him that is whispering these things because he doesn't know how to process his emotions because he he's broken.
0: Right. You know, we've talked—I just know more about Carl Jung than anything else, and we've talked about shadow work, the idea that we might have these desires behind the scenes— and some of them healthy, some of them not, and you probably shouldn't necessarily act on all your desires, right? But maybe you need to have a healthy outlet for some of your desires, right? Just because you have something that might be really negative in your head, can you have a better way of expressing it? And you brought, I think you hit the nail on the head there, right? And in this college, the next college, I think it was, there was the heavy drinking, Wine had taken over his life. And then, and then when he moved to the next one, it was gambling, right? Like like he was tricking everyone at gambling. He's just such a good gambler, which I think most people can understand that there's, there's a Cheating. assumption that those are considered <laughs> vices, right? Yeah. And if we're thinking about this from like a subconscious perspective, is there a way of interpreting this that William Wilson might have done something that he's not telling us, the unreliable narrator, because it's not until like that stranger comes into the room and and all the lights go out, or the candles go out, sorry, and um, that's when he announces that he's a cheat, who he really is. Look inside his sleeve. And, And we as the reader weren't even told that by William Wilson that he was cheating, right? So what else is he keeping from us in his subconscious behind the scenes? And how is that subconscious maybe coming out? And is William Wilson a a way of of how he's facing his guilt, his regret maybe for some sins that he's done.
1: We've talked a lot about split personality and I think that a lot of time, you know, that's misconstrued obviously because of movies and whatnot. And when I think, I think of split personality, I always think of just two, right? You know, an alpha and a beta personality. And it's done a lot of times to protect oneself. You know, you go through some traumatic experience and you can't handle it So another personality takes over to uh, swallow the trauma that you yourself couldn't handle. But I think about as I read this story, what if there's three? Because Split could be at any number. What if there's three William Wilsons? There's the true, there's the one we're talking to, and then there's the Whisper. And I think that if you kind of think about it, there might be three, the true William Wilson... The one that we're getting to talk to, which I think is kind of maybe more of a malevolent one, because the third one isn't necessarily entirely good intended intentions, but it's definitely more of a conscience than than anything that we see throughout the story.
0: Do you think symbolic physical I guess it's up for in the air? You know, we went through the drinking era, we went through the gambling era, and then last we go to this uh, Neapolitan, I don't remember the name, the, the guy's party at the end, and he starts hitting on the guy's wife, right? He's trying to move on her, and that's when he feels someone on the shoulder and that darn whisper again, right? And that's when he goes into the other room and finally kills the doppelganger. Well, thinks he does, because next thing he knows, he's looking at the mirror, and the mirror's reflecting himself in a sense, right? How do we how do we interpret this in the grand scheme of things, right? Because do we have an actual body? It doesn't seem like it it's a mirror. And at the same time, again, this is at a time of vice when he's coveting you know, a neighbor's wife, if you will. And what he's essentially doing is is murdering some guilt, murdering some feelings, putting stuff down subconsciously. And in some way, do you think that maybe these these splits, you know, in post time, are he's viewing it as a way of suppressing or blaming the external? Like, Oh, it's not my fault. They, they made me do that. This guy turned me in and he's never accepting responsibility for his own actions.
1: Definitely. This is my cheating, gambling personality and it's his fault. This is my alcoholic personality. It's his fault. This was my adulterous personality. It's his fault. And I think that he finally comes to terms that he isn't a good person and, quote, murders these other personalities and gets a good look. And he finally judges himself for who he is or what he has become when he looks in the mirror and looks back and doesn't like it. And that's why I think that he, quote, murders or gets rid of those personalities to truly finally be who he is supposed to be. Mm-hmm.
0: Or or hide the guilt or hide the the... Like When we create those um, defense mechanisms, right, in terms of reverting to childlike behavior or repression of terrible memories, it's to protect ourselves, right? And again, Poe is writing this well before we have a a more modern understanding of it. And, And here's William Wilson almost kind of like murdering those memories, repressing them to almost like to to stabilize his core to be like you said who he he wants to be in a sense
1: yeah i guess but did he actually kill them or did he finally just own up did, did is he finally judging himself that what he's done is wrong coming to terms of who he truly is i know that as a middle-aged man i i finally look back and you know do i have regrets no because it, it's where i am but i gotta face The fact of what I've done in my life has got me here, and I have to accept that. And I think it's really hard for some people, especially putting in the situations that William Wilson has been in.
0: Well, you know, Poe, well-documented, struggled with alcoholism, uh, could potentially have been dealing with opium. He he had a, a gambling thing at a point in time. Like He had an addictive personality, right? Uh, Kind of like how we've talked about with the oval portrait, it's hard to let go of certain obsessions. Do you think that this is kind of one way that, you know, Poe's looking at himself and maybe looking at some of these things that he's gone through or dealing with in life in terms of he may know that he has these, these devils that push him to do these things that might sometimes take him out of control with his life. Do you think this is him also kind of like supernaturally fantasizing, dealing with that, that addictive personality and, and how those devils push you behind the scenes and whether those are you, the real you, or whether you're a front for them.
1: Before a time of accepted psychological problems and counseling and treatment, a lot of people turned to drugs and alcohol and other vices. And I think that Poe wanted help. I think he wanted to be better. And writing was his only outlet and i think he wanted to reconcile his issues his own demons and he couldn't do that and that's heartbreaking and i think that have he had help and somebody that understood in nowadays time and maybe medication would we've gotten these amazing stories absolutely not i think having the broken mind and he did gave us these you know which is a gift but uh yeah definitely a cry for help of if if I could fix this, then maybe I can be a better person because I I, I want to believe that that's what he wanted.
0: Does that character because this is speculation and purely just just for fun, right? Yeah. Does that character to author mouthpiece relationship remind you of anyone else that we've read?
1: Yes. And I think that's one thing that we've spoken about so many times is that understanding the authors is sometimes crucial, I think, to enjoying a piece of literature or at least having a conversation about it like we do and why I've enjoyed so much of the literature we've read. To me, this was Yozo and no longer human. I I feel like it's the exact same thing like Desai was writing because he was crying out for help. And and we know that he definitely had to have some type of mental mental problems, you know, that he took his own life. So yeah, this just it feels like it's, history repeating itself again. And it's just that's uh, that's that's heartbreaking. But it, it's great because we get to learn from these stories and, you know, become better people as a result.
0: Well, you bring up a good point, right? Because the drinking is a social activity. He wanted to be around other people in a sense, the gambling, trying to prove that you're good at something and and people want to like hang out with you and such. And yeah. then ultimately, like almost taking it more negative with the with the man's wife, where he's literally trying to take something Uh, possession of someone something that people desire in a sense so uh, it could be a very twisted way of dealing of how do i fit into society which is is actually a really interesting point i think
1: (laughs) yeah everybody always wants to be liked and loved right (laughs) that's a human need yeah all
0: right well if you like our video or love our video we appreciate you leaving a little comment down below uh maybe put a little man i don't know some some little icon if you didn't know what to add to the story it helps the youtube algorithm know that you enjoyed today's conversation. I'm going to leave a playlist of other Edgar Allan Poe talks down below. What story of his do you think we should cover next? Thank you for spending time with us today. Peace. Peace.